The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by Orlando Homes Express, brokered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. What is up, night fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon. Uh, joined by Brian Murphy and Luke Saris here. This is podcast number two on the day, or not on the day, on the on the week. Well, last two, whatever. The uh, we're, we're double dipping at least this week. We and and it's because it's such a big week. In our last show, if you didn't hear about it, if you didn't hear it, make sure you do. We talked to, we recapped the game day, college game day decision, uh, as well as men's soccer going to the NCAA's. And uh, volleyball as well, winning the uh, conference championship. And I promised you that we would actually break down the Cincinnati game uh, in this episode. And we're going to have some other things for you as well, uh, as well a little bit later on. But let's dive right back in uh, here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast with Brian and Luke and actually preview the football game, which, oh, by the way, is happening. Uh, on Saturday, I know that there's all the hoopla about the about Saturday morning, but Saturday night there's some football to be played between the UCF Knights and the Cincinnati Bearcats. So we're going to talk about that. Make sure you follow us at BlackAndGoldBanneret.com. We are SB Nation's home for the UCF Knights. Um, follow us at Facebook.com/slash/BlackAndGoldBanneret and on Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret. You can follow us individually uh, at Jeff underscore Sharon Spokes underscore Murphy, and don't forget to follow Luke at Luke Saris. SBN, Luke Saris SBN uh, as well. So, boy, well, first of all, before we actually dive into the game, okay, we haven't gotten Luke's take yet on um, on game day. Like, did you freak out as much as we did? <laughs> um, well, it was it. It was kind of ruined by all the rumors ahead of time. Um, ruined? What are you not, talking about? <laughs> not, okay, that was a terrible way to explain it. It, it didn't have the same effect as if I absolutely had no idea, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, game day, we're coming to UCF." I mean, that's that's the problem with with all the 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 message forms and stuff like that. Um, so I had some idea. I you know I have um, not to toot my own horn, but I have <laughs> uh, you know a few a few connections on the inside um, at UCF. So there were some rumblings, um, but yeah, I mean I. In a million years, never would have dreamed that this would be happening for UCF. So, I'm just, I'm, I'm still kind of in shock, and I don't think it's going to hit me that it's actually happening until, um, you know, I'm standing in a crowd of twenty thousand people on Saturday morning. Yeah, we're all going to be there on Saturday morning in various different capacities, and that's going to be fun. I, I mean, my, my, like I, like I was telling you guys before we hopped on and started recording, I just, I, I just want this to be a fun experience for everybody involved. All the people from UCF were there. I feel like there's more people coming to this than there were homecoming last week. Oh, without oh, yes. a doubt, yeah. not even close. Doubt. Yeah, I, I, and that's what's amazing to me is like, like this is the actual homecoming week, and, um, but you know, usually you play a slouch on homecoming, and this is not the case uh, for UCF. It's. Nine and zero, nice against the nine and one Bearcats, head coached by um, Luke Fickle. Um, Great name. Yeah, they. Well, I mean, he's put together a pretty good football team um, this year. I mean, last year we up in Cincinnati, it was a bizarre game um, where they got to the third quarter, the rains came in, 
it was going to continue to rain rather severely throughout the remainder of the evening, and they called the game after three quarters. And uh, UCF had scored 53 points in three quarters. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you guys correct me up. UCF, I think, scored on every possession. Indeed, they did. Yeah, uh, which is, I mean, when you're batting a thousand in a game, that's pretty, that's pretty astounding. But this is not the same Cincinnati team uh, that UCF faced uh, up in the Queen City uh, last year. Like I said, they're uh, nine and one, five and one overall. They're only they started the year with a win at UCLA. Um, beat a couple of MAC teams and an FCS team, so not exactly great shakes coming out. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, here they are at, at 9-1, and, and this is basically the East Division Championship in primetime on ABC at 8 p.m., following the hoopla of College Game Day and all that. Luke, you were telling us right before we went on that, you know, if people complain about UCF schedule, you know, well, tell me tell me more about how Cincinnati's played a, about, played a strong schedule. So um, let's pick up from where we left off on there because – because you, because I know you're about to make a good point about this. Yeah, I mean, listen. First of all, don't get me wrong. Cincinnati's a great team. What they've accomplished this season um, is is definitely impressive, especially compared to where they were last year. But you know, UCF wants, or people who hate on UCF want to say they don't deserve credit because of their schedule. I mean, Cincinnati really hasn't played anybody. You look at UCLA. Um, what two or two or three wins uh, in their first season under uh, Chip Kelly? Uh, Miami of Ohio, Alabama A&M, Ohio. I mean, the, even when you get to the American uh, Conference schedule or the slate for for Cincinnati, I mean, UConn, Tulane, Temple, SMU, Navy. The only really good team they played was USF. And USF's starting quarterback was out that game with an injury. I'll even so, go and like say, like, they played at Temple. They lost that game in overtime. Because Temple, I think, has really emerged uh, down the stretch. And, of course, they, now they did beat SMU by six. But I think there's still in debate overtime. In, in, in overtime. overtime. Yeah, but I think there's still some debate as to whether SMU's actually good. Right. So I mean, and and I get caught up in comparing common opponents. But then, you know, they, they beat – Navy 42 to nothing and then we don't do that against Navy last week so there there are a lot of variations uh the thing of it is they most certainly yes they have one of the statistically the top defenses in the country but they haven't played an offense anywhere close to what UCF is gonna um you know show against them I mean Temple obviously all of a sudden learned how to score a lot but that really didn't happen until after they played Cincinnati um, so they haven't faced an offense like UCF's. They haven't faced – I mean, they, it's hard to face an offense like UCF's when UCF has one of the top offenses in the country, but they haven't really faced a tough offense at all the entire season. So uh, they want to hang their hat on defense, but they haven't really been tested. So yeah. I, I'm I'm just I'm just curious how, how this is all going to shake out. They are sixth in the country in total defense, giving up just 279.8 a game. Um, ninth in pass efficiency defense, uh, seventh in scoring defense. They're giving up less than 15 a game. But, you know, like you said, um, against who? They actually have a negative turnover margin, if you can believe that, despite being in the top quarter of, F- of FBS in total offense at 34 and uh, 17th in rushing. Um, uh, Brian, you've been around UCF this week. When you 
machete your way through all of the hoopla around college game day and you get to brass tacks about the game what is being said what what are you gleaning from the UCF side of things about Cincinnati what are the concerns what are the opportunities I think the, the concern is another big time rushing attack right led, led by Michael Warren uh, who's a top 15 rusher in the nation right now uh, ranking 13th overall in total, total rushing yards uh, this is a team that's faced uh, more than its own fair share of uh, good running backs, good running teams this season. I think we we uh, laid that out last night with all of the like the top rushing offenses that this team has faced, and here comes another one. And we know UCF's um, been a little soft uh, on the run defense, but none of that has has seemed to ultimately matter because the offense just does what. It sort of did last year when the defense started to falter. It's like it doesn't matter what the defense does because the offense will come up with something to outscore them. I, I, I would want to say one more thing about Cincinnati and its defense because Luke Fickle is a defensive guy. Would you first of all would you ever believe that Luke, Luke Fickle played nose guard in college? Like you look at him now, <laughs> that guy is that guy is not a nose guard. It's, but, like, it's uh, like it's like Brad Culpepper. You see him on those yeah. law ads, you know, and you're like, what happened to the rest of you? But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but you know, for a team that like lost four of its top six tacklers from last year, uh, they had another leading tackler this year. Basically, changed positions uh, before this season started, um, and to, to like to, to do all those changes and to now be where they are defensively, um, it, it is again no wonder why Luke Fickle's name is being brought up for the Louisville job and should be brought up for other jobs as well. Like uh, the transformation over one year has been fantastic. They're top fifteen in. Basically every yardage and scoring category on defense, so it's it's hard to see where the weaknesses are in uh, are on this team. I, it's I don't know what yeah, what do you guys as, see on this team? Well, as Luke said, like who would who like who have they played that's like any like that's really tested them on offense? Like Temple like was outstanding against UCF, but even when they played Cincinnati, like going into that game, you wouldn't consider them like a up-and-down, fast-paced attack. Uh, you know, SMU's okay, but, like, other than that, like, they've really played a bunch of cupcakes offensively. So, I don't know, as as good as the stats are, do we really know how good this defense is? Like, I guess we'll find out this this Saturday, but that certainly doesn't help us in a quote-unquote preview show. Well, it's... Uh, te- Temple, oh, go ahead, Luke, Temple I'm sorry. Came, sorry. Uh, Temple came into the UCF game with statistically one of the the be- the best pass defenses and 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 a highly ranked overall defense and look how that turned out i mean we we dropped 52 <laughs> on them so i mean it's all subjective i yeah i guess it's just relative to the opponents they face but there is not a single team on their schedule who showed them anything similar to what ucf is going to show them i mean that and that's i'm not saying that they won't hold up i'm just saying they have not had anywhere close to a similar test well, I, I'm looking back at the box of the game uh, that they played against Temple, which was up in Philly. Um, they did a pretty good job against the against the Temple rushing attack. They, um, Temple's uh, uh, Jager Gardner only had 56 yards. Um, they held Temple as a team to 80 yards total on 30 carries, but the difference was uh, Anthony Russo who. Even though he, even though it was a rather pedestrian day, but he did get some stuff done. He was twenty of forty. He threw for two hundred thirty-seven yards. Very up and down though. Three touchdowns and three picks. Now, 
you could you could attest the three picks to Cincinnati's defense. You could attest it to or, or, or you know Russo's own relative inexperience. But I tend to think, you know, if a guy like Russo could also could do what he could do positively for um, uh, for Temple against Cincinnati, what could a more experienced passer like Mackenzie Milton do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also Armstead is Temple's feature star back. And he didn't play that game. Right. So that kind of is a big chunk of uh, Temple's normal offensive production. And, and they won the game. game anyway. Yeah, that's the other yeah. thing, too. So um, so, so basically, basically, we're saying, like, are, are we, what, what are we saying about this game? Are we saying that the know. minus set? Are we saying the minus seven from Vegas is, like, way out of whack? Well, it started, so it started at minus eight. And this is according to Odd Shark. Started at minus eight. Drop down to minus seven. And I've got the Odd Shark page on this game pulled up right now. Over under is 60. 55% of the money is on Cincinnati plus seven. And yeah. uh, uh, and 73% is on the over, uh, the over under 60. This is I what I find. This is what I find is interesting. So, they, so I don't know how they come up with this crazy metric, but they, they, they Odd Shark puts up a predicted score based on all their metrics, stuff that's proprietary that they'll never tell us about um they have this thing this predicted score is even steven 37.4 so i mean i don't know it's something something smells Wait, fishy. they're predicting they're predicting a tie yeah they're predicting a tie basically okay. a tie yeah well I'm, well this predicted score formula doesn't doesn't calculate out to an actual overtime result but um but something something smells fishy about that i can't put my finger out and that's why i just there's something about this game that I just don't like. You know, I, I, it's, it, it's, it's, it's. I, I can't put my finger on it. That's what's weird. Somebody, please reassure me. Well, I, think, I mean, Jeffrey, this is sort of your zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you sort of feel un, un, unsure about most things associated with UCF football when yeah. we get to game day. So I am not too worried about if you feel uh, a little uh, uh, cold. Luke is less jaded about this whole thing uh, about about my own personal foibles. Uh, reassure me, Luke, please. Listen, I think taking UCF at, at seven points, and I I think that's free money. <laughs> I, wow. I, I normally don't go against. Listen, I, I'll admit I'm I'm a I'm a gambling man, and you know normally I'm I'm pretty in tune. You know I I think Vegas knows what they're talking about, but I I think. That is way too low. I, I, I don't think Cincinnati. I mean, take the record aside. I don't think Cincinnati is is any better than Temple. Okay. Granted, Temple gave us a hard time. I was going to say that's but, Temple's pretty good. Yeah, we still beat them by twelve, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with this. I, I, I think this. I think UCF's going to win, and I think they're going to definitely cover the spread, without a doubt in my mind. Or I could be completely wrong. I mean, I haven't been wrong the last twenty-two games, but you know, what do we? What do? Yeah, what do we make of Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for um, Cincinnati? Uh, he comes in um, uh, eighteen, uh, just shy of nineteen hundred yards passing, uh, fifteen touchdowns to five interceptions. Um, he's had some pretty solid games. He had, uh, you know, so to this point for. Um, for Cincinnati, uh, it, probably his best game was against SMU uh, when he went 33 of 50 for 352. Um, 
And two touchdowns, two picks in that game. Um, although he did, um, I mean, well, I mean, there was the Alabama A&M game where he went 9 of 10 for 199 and 3, but, you know, let's not really, that, that kind of doesn't count. Um, hey, they're, a, they're an FCS powerhouse. Uh, awesome. I mean, that's no, I'm just nothing kidding. to get. I, even <laughs> good. I was going to say nothing against Alabama <laughs> A&M, know. but. But last time out, seventeen to twenty-four against USF for one ninety-four and two scores, no picks. Um, he's, but I, I know that he's not the strength of this team, and that's fine. I, I no. get that, but um, it, he it, manages it. He's he, purely a manager. Yeah, and, and that, he, he can like he can run. Like here we go, another running quarterback for UCF right. to deal with. Like I mean, every right. team has him now, but here's another one. But are are we more concerned about? Michael Warren, their running back, than say any of the others, really good backs, and let's be honest, really good backs that UCF has faced this year. No, I mean we're we're as concerned. I don't know if we're more or less. I mean that is the focal point of this offense. Like uh, Michael Warren is is the workhorse here, uh, and if they're not running with him, then they're probably running with Ritter. I mean Ritter's <laughs> has thrown more than thirty attempts in two games. One of those games they lost. Um, so yeah, they want to keep him somewhere around twenty-five attempts and keep the ball on the ground. And okay. it's, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, you know, strategy against this UCF defense. Which again, because of the way they sort of attack things, attack gaps, uh, want to get tackles in the backfield, they leave, they over pursue a lot. But again, I just I think the point's been made of we. I, I just don't know how this Cincinnati defense holds up against an offense that is like head and shoulders like in the clouds better than anything they've already seen concerns about um and this will be the last thing before we go are, are there any, are there any concern well second to last thing are there any concerns <laughs> about ucf coming out of this game the emotion of game day on campus the bright lights abc prime time any worry about that That'll be that'll get in their heads. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just maybe I'm throwing maybe I'm throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks here. But yeah, I mean, I'll, listen, these these kids, most of them have been on every kind of stage you can imagine. You know, they played FIU on BN Sports, where ten thousand people watched on TV, <laughs> and they played Auburn in the Peach Bowl and beat them with nine million people watching. Um, I think they thrive for this kind of stuff, and I, I yeah. think I think they're hungry to to show the world, you know what what they can do. Um, and our coaching staff is so level headed. Uh, Hypo, uh, you know that I don't know if you've heard, but he has his one and zero mentality. Oh, um, put a dime in it. Put a dime right. in the jar. Um, Give me your even, money. You know, even Randy Shannon in his defense, they'll have those boys ready. Um, I don't have any concerns about it whatsoever. You know how many times I've asked certain players, I mean, because I'm working on something else, that I've asked oh. players about how they, how they, you know, are dealing with the emotions of this game and the distractions of this game. And, of course, they're not going to tell you publicly, like, yeah, we're really caught up in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're really, we're really distracted by it. Like, no, we're, they're going to, they're going to, you know, espouse the platitudes of this, of this program, which is going one and know every day. And, you know, Full sixty minutes, play zero zero, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but really, I think Luke Luke's point is spot on. Like this team has been, this team is pretty battle tested on and off the field. Like you want to talk about a team that's gone through 
some distractions in season. Like I think we had plenty at the tail end of last year, and yeah. I, as memory serves me correctly, they still won. So I, I don't see. I, I just see this as being sort of in the same phylum. It may be a little different, but it's 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 related. I don't think they'll crumble under any pressure. It's a night game. They're at home. I, I do I do definitely know that some of these players, um, Mackenzie Milton, I think maybe at the top of that list, who really does thrive and, and love these sort of moments. All right, I feel better now. All right, um, <laughs> score predictions. You got them, uh, Luke. We'll start with you. Oh man, I haven't even thought about this. Yet. I haven't thought about this either. All right, that's why I'm asking I, you. Like, Good, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm Go, because I'm uh, so caught up with game day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna throw it out there, and I I think for some reason this score has like come up in my head for almost every game this season. But I'm gonna say 45-24 UCF. Okay, Brian. What's the, what's, what's the total? Is it 60? sixty? That's gonna be that. That's sixty lows. Heck, seventy-three uh, percent are taking the over. By the way, yeah, that's smart. Um, free money. <laughs> it is. That's free money too. That might be more free money uh, or more safe. Um, I'll say thirty. I'll say thirty. And now I'll go forty-one. I'll go forty-one to twenty-one. Okay. Um, I'll go. For some reason, I keep you know what my number that keeps coming up in my head, Luke. It's funny how this always happens. I'm, I keep think, I keep I keep seeing thirty-seven twenty-four. That'll be you know that'll work. That's a, that's I mean, only 13, 13, Yeah, thirteen point one. Yeah, yeah, I mean it, it kind of checks all the boxes. Jeff. Right on, it's right on the over, two. right on the over. It's 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 you know UCF covers thirty-seven twenty-four. Clear the spread and then they win. And they win and they score thirty. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, I tell you. All right. So um here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. We've got a lot more to come for you here on the podcast, but we are going to bid farewell to Brian and Luke. Make sure you follow this. By the way, um Brian, we already talked about a lot of the stuff that you've got going on. Luke, what do you uh what what where are people gonna find you on uh on Saturday and what do you ha- what do you think you might have coming up? Uh you always put me on the spot. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, Saturday, I'll definitely be there for game day, trying to figure out the logistics. I thought about putting like a blow-up mattress in the bed of my truck and camping out. Um, probably not going to do that, even though it sounds cool. That is uh, that, that would have been be, straight yeah. up hardcore, man. Uh, I'll be at game day. Probably get there around six or seven. Experience that. Go home, take a little nap, come back, hit up Memory Mall, and then you know I'm I'm in the uh, the black and and gold cabana for these games jammed in my little corner against the fence <laughs> and uh yeah that that's my plan i'll have i'll have the preview for the game up either tomorrow or friday morning um and then what else there was there was something else that we were discussing yeah i, I you know I can't even. I can't even remember. We've been pumping so much stuff out. I can't even recall. Who knows? Pumping things stuff will, out. You know what? Things will be written. Things will be up there. People. Things yeah, will, will be written. Yeah, we'll back. be writing things. Just I, keep coming I, back. Yeah, it'll be fine. So. I've I've really been battling. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to. Um, last year when I was writing for Underdog Dynasty, I did a uh, a piece on attendance woes, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a follow up piece on the effect of the undefeated season and the national championship claim and, and how attendance has increased, so on and so forth. That's something I want to do. I've been really struggling not to write a piece 
fully comparing Oklahoma to UCF and how it's a bunch of crap that they're five spots higher than us. I saw that too. Well, I think that was absolutely brilliant, by the way. Well, yeah. it's, why, 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 why do you not want to write that though? Because listen, I, I feel like after a while, I'm just beating a dead horse. No, I think that's great. I think you should write that. No, yes, definitely write that. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then I'll be writing that as well. <laughs> because <laughs> look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Come, come for the podcast. Stay for the uh, stay for the story assignment meeting. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be fun. I'm so glad that you guys are all going to be there. I know I'm going to be there. Elo's going to be there. I'm having a hard time figuring out who's not going to be there. That's kind of like basically where we are with this whole thing. So, um, if you're in the area, hit you us need up. To show man. up. This is yeah. the big. This this isn't just for the university. It's not just the players on the field. The fan base has it just as important part in, in making this all successful as, as anybody else. Yeah. So we need everybody to show up in force. This is going to be fun. All right. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, once again, Luke Saris, uh, SBN and spokes underscore Murphy on Twitter, Luke Scarrett, Luke Saris and Brian Murphy guys. Thank you so much. I will see you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys on memory mall on Saturday. Absolutely. Man, I can't believe it. All right, fellas, uh, stick around. We'll be right back. This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by Orlando Homes Express, brokered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team at Orlando Homes Express proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a very proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's got a special deal going on right now for the 2018 UCF football season. Night fans, if you work with Sam to sell your home, he will list it for just 4.8% commission. And if you're buying a home with him, he will rebate you up to $750 at closing. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, Upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit them on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash we sell Orlando. Get in touch with the Orlando Homes Express today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Jeff Sharon here with you, and uh, I'm joined once again by Eric Lopez here as we uh, as we wrap up and get you ready for Saturday, UCF in Cincinnati, college game day in town. A um, little bit earlier here on Friday, Elo, you and I were down at media availability for 
um, college game day. We saw the setup really looked really cool. And then, we, and then uh, later on, you actually stayed there for uh, the uh, live uh, telecast of College Football Live. So, a um, couple things that we that we note uh, we noticed. They said that it, that there's a credential allotment for local media to be around the game day set, and uh, the folks from game day said that all of the credentials are taken, which is they had to turn people down. Which is actually, uh, they said it was pretty rare that that happens, uh, which is just kind of gives you an idea of the uh, um, magnitude of this. And then also, in addition to that, um, the the, uh, the the set, you know, everybody was out there for college football live on Friday night, which, you know, sometimes it's a mixed bag for them, but uh, the band was there, the cheerleaders were there. Yep. Uh, yeah, no. Massive crowd, you were there. What was it like? Yep. It was incredible. Actually, it was funny because David Pollack, I never would have expected this because he, he's great playing with the crowd. Like before the show starts, he just kind of acts up with the crowd. He acknowledges the signs. I mean, there was a, you know, he's like, oh, you know, Kirk, Herb, Kirk's going to love that sign because there was like an anti-Kirk sign, I guess, somewhere <laughs> there, whatever. Um, but they were, they had a blast. And I think even acknowledged, he said that they don't usually get marching bands or, uh, you know, this huge crowd stuff for like a Friday college football live. I mean, yeah. um, I got to sit right behind them. Maria Taylor was hosting with Pollock and Desmond Howard. They were kind of laid back. And then Gene Wojciechowski was playing, you know, the, the was was playing the fight song with the marching band. He well, had a, had a trum- <laughs> I, OK, so I saw him with a trumpet, but he wasn't really playing. Well, but I couldn't tell. He was pretending he was. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know, I don't blame it. So, no, it was cool. And I, I was impressed. It was funny because I stayed. You're right. I actually stayed at Burger U, uh, watched the UCF basketball game dominate uh, St. Joe's. And, you know, I got there about three o'clock because I was I've watched college football live on Friday. And sometimes there's not that many people there for yeah. like a Friday show. And when I got there, I'm like, holy smokes, there are people here already. Like, I mean, I would say there was a, at least a thousand people there, which is amazing for just a Friday. I mean, people I mean, there's people there that have already camped out, have their spots ready to go for the uh, for game day. So, no, I think they enjoyed at least from that standpoint. It was fascinating, too, because they played up the whole UCF win streak and the playoff and the national title thing. And I thought the crowd was fantastic. They cheered. They booed, but they booed appropriately. You know, there was nothing mm-hmm. obnoxious at all. Um, you know, they may not have agreed with a statement. They booed. You know, like when Miami got ref, uh, mentioned, they booed them. When Alabama got mentioned, they got booed. I think so, Notre Dame and Syracuse, too. Is that right? They did. They did. And the interesting thing that we found out, obviously, and Gene, I talked about it on the show. He's got a segment on game day on Saturday, which will be, why, why not us? Why not UCF doing this whole thing about UCF in the playoff and the national title thing? So that, I, I, I'll i tell you this, and, and, and Jeff, we'll talk, we're going to play some of the clips. What I am, the ESPN guys are not hiding from UCF. Anybody that thinks that ESPN's hiding from UCF or going to dodge the topic, they're not dodging the topic. And I don't, you know, I, you know, and, and I'm sure you're going to play it. I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to just say, "Oh, well, UCF should be a playoff team now because they're here." Uh, the interesting thing, and 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 I think I think you've got this too, from what I could gather. I think what they're trying they're trying to deliver the message, and Reese Davis mentioned it. 
we're saying that UCF's not one of the four best teams in the country. That's what we're saying. We're not saying they're not a great team and they've not won many, you know, 22 straight games. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the message that the SPN is going to come out with. I think they're going to be pumping up UCF a lot, but I think they're going to just say, look, it's not in person. We just don't think you're, you should be in the 14 playoff. And they'll discuss the playoff system, but um, they're coming. I, you know, and I, I was very impressed with what Reese said, and, I, and we'll play it about why they're here. I think they want to prove a point. That they're not, and and I've defended them. You know this. I've been their defender. They're not anti-UCF. I don't think they're anti. You may not agree with their opinion per se, but I don't think they're anti. Like oh, they're you know like some fans think there's like a conspiracy here, which is is ludicrous. All right, here's uh, here's a little bit from Reese Davis we spoke to earlier. Well, we've targeted this for several weeks. I mean, this was, you know, there are a couple of spots on the schedule where we looked and said, you know, if things fall right, this would be a great opportunity to go to UCF. And I was a a significant advocate of coming here, mostly because of some of the criticism that all of us, myself included, uh, criticism is the wrong word, critique of the evaluation and whether they rise to the level of being in the top four, which is, by the way, all we're saying, or at least it's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're not great. I'm not saying winning 22. Nobody else is winning 22 in a row. That's a heck of an accomplishment. Um, but in terms of being here, I told them that they'd find, you know, they'll find a lot of enthusiasm. We're going to find a gargantuan student body and uh, that they better make sure that they keep a wide stance inside the stadium because when they start jumping up and down, start bouncing a little bit. So, you know, if we have some guys who have some uh, challenges with their balance, they'd, you know, they better keep a wide stance and make sure they're in a good athletic position for the entire game. All right, that was Reese Davis um, answering some of our questions at uh, the media availability. He's uh, the host of College Game Day, of course. Um, we also got to speak with uh, Desmond Howard and uh, Lee Corso. And Lee, of course, I mean, he actually lives in Central Florida in the Orlando area. Um, Lee seemed thrilled to not have to go through an airport this this weekend uh, to get to work. Um, and I thought that Lee... You know, Lee, you know, he's he's the he's the godfather of this show, right? I mean, this is the show that made that really made Lee Corso from a football coach into a, a in, into a pop culture figure. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Like he he did refer to some uh, some really glowingly to UCF and. Um, I guess I'm not really all that surprised about it, but also, but he he dropped some interesting names that he re- referred to. Coach from Jonas, right? UCF. Yeah, John, Don Jonas, the first head coach in uh, in uh, UCF. Let me go ahead and play that for you right now. Here's Lee Corso. First, John Hitt, the president of this university. I watched him. I studied him a long time. He was a great president and gave the football program everything they need. Then it started with Don Jonas. You guys remember Don Jonas and the football team? And it went slowly, slowly, slowly until it, it built a program. It did it the right way. And I think they're, now the situation is to keep doing it. I'm a, I'm a, what do you I'm think? a great fan of the 14 playoff. Exactly <laughs> this right now. Because it adds controversy and it brings attention to the college football. If I was in, in I wouldn't change a single thing about this. And have it exactly as it is right now. All right, that was Lee Corso. Of course, Lee uh, from Central Florida has a few connections to UCF, and um, you know, from his uh, uh, for just being around football in the state of were Florida. You, were Were you not surprised? I was surprised how he pretty much not he likes the system, and he said he likes it because he likes the controversy. I, I was fascinated by that answer. I, I, I you know. 
that's I think one of two things. I think number one, that's a very uh, legacy answer. I mean, Lee's old school, right? Um, number two, I, I mean, he's he's kind of the standard bearer for the sport, and of course he's going to say that he he sticks to his talking points. As do as does Reese, as does uh, as does the next guy we're going to hear from Desmond Howard. Um, these guys are pros, man. They they know how to. Um, you, you know they they know their stuff, but they also tow the company line to an extent. I think that's not a surprise. Um, they're trying to figure out the narrative. It just feels like they want to buy in, and and they just don't. I I, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to kind of put my. When you they, say they, they don't buy in, buy into what? Not I, buy into it, what? They're, they're not. They don't seem to buy into the idea that you know of what we've been talking about is that half of FBS is stuck in college football purgatory, and that's what. Um, and and that's what that UCF cases. You, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the pure, the baseball purist people that kind of still believe that no, everything's fine, baseball's fine. Yeah, so you know, we're, we're no, the NFL and college, you know, the NBA hasn't passed us. The game is fine. Everything's great. I feel like college football fans and purists are not that different than baseball purists. I feel they feel they like it the way it is, and they're so. You know, they just like they were so reluctant to going to four, and then they did go to four, and I think they're reluctant to go to eight because somehow they just are because that's what they grew up with. They want to protect the way the bowls are yeah. and all that stuff. I don't personally am a fan of it, but um, you know, it's interesting because um, you know if you go to the website Black and Go Banneret, there's uh, I put up an interview that Chris Fowler was on with Jerry O'Neill and the Shot Doctor. Uh, really in-depth stuff. I mean, you talk about Fowler breaking down UCF. Nobody nationally can break down a UCF Cincinnati game like Fowler did. It was impressive. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and he but he talked about the playoff and he said pretty openly that he thinks if they go to eight teams that they're going to have to be on campus. That he does not believe there will be the that they will play it on neutral fields for financial reasons. Oh, of course, and yeah. So, but but but, but I, here's the thing: why is that a bad thing? That's I didn't I say it was. No, but I know, I but yeah, but, but I, I sense that I sense that Reese would have thought that it would have been a bad thing based on what he was telling us. Well, Reese is very anti going to eight. Uh, Reese is interesting. If I've listened to Reese do a lot of interviews, uh, he is not a fan of the divisions in college football as far as the conference divisions. He would like. I don't think he would. I think he would do away with it. I don't think he's anti eight teams. I think he would. He would only. He would be for eight teams if you got rid of the conference championship games. Yeah. Uh, I think he does not – it was interesting. He does not believe that just because you win the conference that you should be in the playoff. And I think the the, the, the examples he's used is some that have, people have used against me when I have tried to go the automatic conference champion should be in. And that's the argument about, well, what if a Pittsburgh beats Clemson? What if a Northwestern were to beat Ohio State? Or you know, you know, know, And I think that's what a lot of these college football guys, Jeff, are scared of for some reason. They are afraid – of having teams with three or four losses in a playoff when in other sports we kind of accept it, but yet college football people don't for some reason. They they, they protect this this not this this myth of this zero or one loss record yeah. stuff. By the way, I think by the way, they're okay with it for basketball too. Did you know uh, yeah, right, yeah, great you point. Know? No, you're right. Absolutely fantastic point. And I don't understand that. And I think honestly, Jeff, that's the biggest problem, one of the bigger problems that we have is you know, people are just kind of in denial about it. Like, oh my God, a team is eight and four. But I'm like, what's wrong with a team 
if they started off slow, like let's say they went 0-2 in September or something or 0-3 and then they win nine in a row and they're one of the best teams in the country. Why is that a negative? Why are we punishing a team because they got off to a slow start? We don't do that in other sports. So, But yet they, they are really protective of the 11-1 and and 12-0. and But at the same time, if a team like UCF or whoever goes undefeated, then they'll nitpick the undefeated record. So it's a very interesting just psychological thing are these purist people that not only do you have to have a per- great record, but you also have to have style points in this stuff, and it's very subjective. Yeah, uh, it's true. I, I uh, One more guy I wanted to hear from before we let Desmond Howard, who... Um, yeah. Uh, Desmond it was more kind of the side of the players. Why? He's not, yeah. Well, well, that's kind yeah. of his interesting perspective. I thought you know him obviously being a former player, uh, Heisman Trophy winner himself, and a former Super Bowl MVP. Um, he, he had an interesting take on on why he was not in favor of it. Uh, like you said, Eric, from the players' perspective. Here's Desmond Howard. I'm not a big social media guy. Um, I think that. The fan base, you know, it can work against you. You know, if you if you get on Twitter and you start attacking people who do what I do, um, it doesn't work in your favor because you know some people they take it personally. I'm not a guy who's on Twitter a lot. I'm not on social media a lot, so I, I don't you know I I don't really care about it. But there are some people because then what they do is they root against your team because they know this is you know quote unquote who you represent, and then it's, you know. But for me. Like I, I came here yesterday. I went and worked out in the in the the, the weight room. You know, and people have just been great, and they they've been just outstanding. And those are the people who you really want to have contact with because they're the direct representatives of this program, not a bunch of fools who are on Twitter who are acting like um, like they're entitled to something. You see what I'm saying? Because that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth when you act that way. So my interaction has been with like the strength and conditioning staff, players, people in the football office, and they've been wonderful. And then those are people who you root for. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if I want to see these student athletes play more games. In the SEC, Especially without, you, without you paying them. In the now, SEC, if you want to pay them, then I think them. you should play more games. So I just don't like you, to me, putting this type of stress on student athletes if, if you're really concerned with their health. If you're not, then don't put it out there for us. Just don't, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't urinate on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Desmond Howard. Um, and, and I thought that actually in another part, it, 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 at times he was a little bit prickly when some, I thought when uh, someone Defensive, asked him. no? Yeah, I, I, when someone asked him, why is, you, you know, what do you think is uh, about the whole situation, UCF being um, somebody said that UCF was being uh, ignored, ignored by the CFP, and he was like, what do you mean they're being ignored? I, it, let me play the clip. Here's the clip. Yes. Why would you say they've been ignored? Uh, they've won 20 games in a row. And what, does that, what does that mean this year, though? I mean, you, you, it's on a year-by-year basis, and they're, where are they ranked now? 11. So why are they ignored? That's not ignored. Not, not top That's not, I mean, yeah. just because they're not where you think they should be doesn't mean they've been ignored. What would you suggest to them if they did want to get into the college football playoff? Um, Other than <laughs> <laughs> like this season, they would have to play some tougher teams. And, you know, it's not their fault that Pitt is not that good, but it is what it is. And they're not the only ones dealing with this, though. 
Like there are other teams dealing with this. Yeah. This is the state of the system that everyone accepted. And they were complete and total fools, in my opinion, to ever accept this as a playoff system. I said it from day one. But now you guys understand, you know, <laughs> so, the, the, the problems with this quote-unquote playoff system. Yeah. All right, so Des was a little... Yeah, he was a little defensive about that, I thought, which was interesting. Why do you think that was? You know, that's a great question. I I, I don't know. I think... Um... I think he does not like, and I think he alluded to it during the meet the session. I don't think he likes that people are going after public figures like himself or Kirk, which well, who I'm sure has been drilled a lot with a lot of stuff. Right, but that's uh, okay. But that, that's interesting because he says that he doesn't spend a lot of time on social media. Well, and, you know, well, and here I am, well, and here I am looking at his Twitter account that has 361,000 followers. Now right. I, I know that's the case, and, you, and if you watch, if you look at his feed, it's pretty innocuous stuff filled with stuff that. I mean, I don't even know if he actually. Well, I doubt he actually posted. Right. If you just I mean, look he could be it. right. He's not a social media guy, but you know how it is. It's it's not even that, Jeff. You know how it is. It's kind of you know when athletes and coaches would always say the old adage. You know, we, you and I have both been in radio. Oh, I don't listen to the radio station. I don't listen to radio. That's oh, I don't read baloney. the papers. Right That's now, he may not though, watch. Man. He may not like check out what's going on in social media. But I'm sure he hears some of the crit, you know, criticism that you know, based on what, something he might have said. Or, or let's be honest, I could see it where maybe you know, Kirk and him are talking about it. Maybe Kirk's brought it up, or other people. But who knows? Um, I am surprised by it, and, and and maybe you know, maybe in his and part of it might be that he, maybe in his mind he feels UCF is justified to be ranked eleventh. Like, how is that being ignored? I think maybe he does take exception because I know this. Reese has said he thinks he believes that UCF in part is ranked eleventh based on the win streak, not based on what they've perf- done this year, which mm-hmm. uh, is an interesting topic. So, but so I, I think some of them kind of resent the fact that the people think that UCF's been ignored or disrespected, and I think they are. To some extent, one of the reasons why I think they're here is to kind of prove a point, and I and I and I commend them for that. Um, you know, they want to make it clear they're not anti UCF, but I think they take exception with people that think that, that they are, and so maybe that's where Desmond's coming from. Well, I think we're going to get a much more clearer picture, <laughs> possibly tomorrow. Uh, and I say tomorrow, we're recording this Friday night. Uh, of course, college game day is happening on Saturday, um, and at nine a.m. Obviously, if you're not there early, uh, expect to be in the back. Just real quick for the for the folks who maybe you're coming in a little bit later. Um, y- you were there for College Football Live, like we mentioned earlier. Give us an idea of the setup and where and, and and like if you're in the if you're in the area, like what do you see? What do you hear? Where are there screens up? Can you yes. hear it throughout the mall? Tell, give us an idea of what they're what to anticipate. You know, I can tell you from College Football Live, I was able to hear pretty much the whole show. Now, there are portions you're not going to be able to hear because crap, the fans are going or cheering or maybe the fans are, you know, chanting something or the band's playing. So there might be there's probably going to be portions of game day that you won't be able to hear uh, live in person. But there are video screens um, and you were able to hear I was able to hear most of it, I think. The, the the setup is the backdrop is that what the ROTC uh, right there by the psychology building and all that stuff so you'll see there's a big UCF flag there um, the cool thing is as everybody's been to Memory Mall I mean there's a lot of space to wander around so even though I think there's going to be a huge crowd you could still wander around people are already lined up I've heard I think they're set actually having this is my fourth game day I've been to the, and I feel like they've added extra space more than normal so i think they do anticipate a pretty big crowd 
Um, so I, I think it'll fit for everybody, but you know, people are going to be moving around and, uh, you're right. I think it'll be an interesting, lively crowd. I'm fascinated to see what kind of reactions does Herb Street get? What kind of comments does Kirk make? Cause obviously, uh, fans for whatever reason kind of picked Kirk for some reason as the main target, even though again, I think in, you know, I don't think he's, well, what he said was the worst thing in the world. Uh, well, compared to what uh, others have said. Well, what he said and what everyone hears are totally different things because yes. what, what UCF fans heard is you're not as good as Fresno or Utah State, and right. that's what set him off. I'm not, I, I, obviously, I, I see what you're saying, but that's that's kind of where... where well, my only point in defending him is there are, he was basing it on some of the advanced stats that it's out there that claims that. Now, you don't have to agree with it. I don't agree with it, but that's all he was saying is like, where is the talk for everybody else? And I mean, it's funny because people got upset about that, but I'm all for if we got to talk. I'm all for talking about Fresno State and the Utah States and you know everybody else. It's it shouldn't be just one schools, but you know I, I, I get it. But obviously, Corso is going to get a huge crowd. I would think uh, a deal, and obviously the big question. I'm fascinated to see there. It seems to me, based on you know what Gene Wojcicki, they're going to bring up the whole. UCF and do they belong in the playoff topic yeah. and Jeff let's give him credit for that let's give him credit for not trying to dodge that or trying to say oh hey let's let's all like suck up to the crowd here I think they're going to be honest and you know and I think I think it'll be interesting how they deliver the message will be very interesting and I'm sure fans will boo about it but I don't think they're going to dodge it and I and I'm, I'm always uh I give him credit for that, and I think that's going to be very good. By the way, here's some of the segments they're going to do. They, uh, the Why Not Us? UCF has the longest win streak in major college football, but unfortunately life outside the Power 5 conference has meant they don't get the love that goes with it. That's going to be Gene Wojciechowski's feature during the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're, So that's the main UCF thing they're going to do. They're going to do a big thing on Gardner Minshew. You know what I found funny is people booed when they mentioned Gardner Minshew. Like what do we have, what do we have against Gardner Minshew, the Washington <laughs> State quarterback? He's not Mackenzie Milton, that's why. I guess not. Uh, they, <laughs> by the way, they played a clip on the footage where I think it was Wyatt Miller was like talking about how he's a, David Pollock was like one of his favorite players of all time. Yeah. Uh, um, some interesting other quick stats: UCF is the seventy-first different school to host game day. Orlando is the eighty-third different city to host game day. Uh, this is the first time that game day will visit the site of a conference game uh, in the American. Uh, the only other American conference game that game day's been to is that 2015 game day with Notre Dame and Temple. Remember, that was in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, not at the Temple campus. Uh, so that those are a couple of things. Uh, very interesting, by the way. Josh Heupel, has, uh, this will be now five game day appearances for Josh Heupel. He was part of five game day appearances as the Sooners quarterback in the national championship run in 2000. Hmm. Okay. And I would assume... Been a long time. <laughs> and my guess would be that he will be probably in a segment in there. Usually, game day talks to the home team head coach for a segment yeah. on that program. So I would expect them to be in there. All right. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be a busy day on Saturday morning. Again, um, if you're not already out there, you know, <laughs> you're, you're probably already late. Um, it, get on out there early because it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild time at the at Memory Mall. Show starts at nine. A, here's our plan for tomorrow. The show starts at nine a.m. Uh, we're gonna be there early checking things out. Um, at, at least an hour beforehand. Uh, and uh, the show ends at noon. So 
Um, now, we can't obviously stream anything live, but we're going to try and get some photos of things. Uh, some of the fun game day uh, signs that we see, we're going to try and do that. Um, after game day is over, we do have basketball tomorrow, believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> UCF men's basketball, a couple news bits to pass along. UCF men's basketball beat St. Joe's today by 20 uh, in the second round of the uh, Myrtle Beach Invitational. So they're going to the championship game. They are expected to play either uh, Western Kentucky or West Virginia. That game is actually playing late Friday night. So um, check UCFnights.com for the updates on that. Uh, the championship game of that will be at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. Um, uh, so, so, uh, so be on the uh, lookout for that. Also, uh, a volleyball uh, defeated SMU in three today, which means they have officially wrapped up the outright American Athletic Conference title. They will not share it with anybody, no matter what happens the rest of the way in their final two matches. Their final match is Wednesday, um, the day before Thanksgiving against uh, USF. So, um, And that's at home to finish it out on senior night. So, uh, again, if you're heading out to game day, um, do be careful, do be safe, do be passionate, um, and have a lot of fun because uh, you know this is a one. This might be a once in a generation thing. I mean, we we. I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully they come back sooner rather than later. But um, but you never know. And we want. Uh, and I know that I mentioned this in a column that I wrote on this on the site. I want everybody to, you know, recognize that this is our chance to show them how great UCF is and the reason why we all went there. Um, we have a lot of stuff on the site as well. Like we said, we'll be. Um, Sort of, sort of, kind of live second screening um, game day tomorrow. We've got Luke Saris has his preview up for the game. Um, Zach Goodall has an excellent film room on how UCF can beat the Bearcats' excellent defensive front. Our nice roundtable is up from Jeremy Brenner. Uh, five questions with Phil Newfer of, of uh, Down the Drive. Chaz Short took care of that. That's up there as well. And of course, Eric, you have your column up there on the uh, on what's at stake for as far as the TV contracts uh, for UCF and the American with a, a good television showing uh, on Saturday night. Kickoff is at after eight PM on ABC. UCF against Cincinnati, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's going to be um, that's that, that's pretty much I think takes care of it uh we got yeah and like I so said, much uh, stuff on the site right now man it's just nuts it's nuts and like i said we're gonna post up the chris fowler interview on uh finish on he really did a great job in-depth preview of that game yeah so you could listen to that prior to kickoff and uh you, like you said we're gonna all be there at game day uh myself murph jeff we're all gonna be there we're gonna be uh we're gonna be doing what tweets from there we're gonna yeah, be we're doing gonna a be lot tweeting of it from there uh, a couple of us i think a couple of us who can't make it they're gonna be watching the show on tv and kind of yeah. filling you in on what's uh, on on what the what sort of things are saying about ucf we're gonna have sort of like the like i said the second screen covered here so um make sure you come and on black and gold banner and follow along and then for the game then yeah then we're gonna game, have a lot Murph, too. Murph and i will be there Derek warden will be down on the field you're gonna be watching the the broadcast and critiquing the broadcast. I mean, this is unique. Yeah. You got Fowler and Herb Street. Two. What do you think, Jeff? If we did a rankings in the as far as significant voices of college football right now, I mean, is that one two right now? I mean, you yes, got to argue. Uh, right? I mean, well, if you're talking about Cruz, um, yeah, I think they 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 have the championship belt. Right. I mean, if I, you uh, after Vern after Vern retired from CBS, I would say yeah, yeah. Fowler and Herb uh, Street have the belt. 
So I'm fascinated, uh, and I know you're going to watch the game broadcast live. I'm fascinated, and I know you're very good at this. You're going to pick up on some of their comments and what they say and what kind of uh, tone it is for the UCF broadcast and from the, what they say about UCF and things like that. It's going to. I'm fascinated as much by Fow- what Fowler and Herb Street will say about UCF and yeah. and things like that. And I think I know you'll pick up on that as well and obviously game day and stuff like that. And I'm going to stick around all day on campus, try to talk to some people, and we'll try to uh, maybe play some of that on their next show. All right, sounds good. So, uh, Elo, I'll see you tomorrow morning, bud. Uh, everybody get their rest now because yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be much on Saturday. That's true. All right, so for uh, all of us here at Black and Gold Banneret, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening to our second podcast of the week. And uh, don't forget to follow us, UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter and at blackandgoldbanneret.com for all the latest. Tomorrow, Saturday, November 16th, November 17th, the biggest day in UCF history, college game day, and then UCF in Cincinnati, uh, 8 p.m. on ABC. So it's going to be a big one for all of us here at Black and Gold Banneret, including the one, the only Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy, and Luke Saris who were on earlier. My name is Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on campus for college game day on Saturday morning.